We are today going to be talking about health and medicine. Health and medicine written by Maimonides. And we all know that Judaism is amazing and awesome. But hey, who would think that a book that is 800 years old can talk in a way that's relatable to me in terms of health, physical health? Let me ask you a question. Anyone here uh, thought they were sick and then you go online and you look for some kind of health directive online. You go online, you search, um, um, what is this feeling that I'm getting in my left side of my stomach or something? And you go online and you get completely confused. You think you're dying or something terrible is happening. Anyone has had this before? I had, I remember once, um, you know, my, the back of my foot was hurting really bad. I go online, I start searching. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, it started making me think that God forbid, like my feet have to, you know, (laughs) but, um, it's very confusing. Anyone with me on this? When you go online and you look at, in terms of health, there's the renewing. Every day there's something else that they say is healthy. It used to be that coconut oil was good for you. Now they're saying it's not. Every day there's something else, right? So um, how can it be that in Jewish law we have a book, right? And it was written already from the times of the Talmud. In terms of health, how can that be something which is actually Jewish law and, and can stand the test of time. That's crazy. We're talking about 800 years ago. Things are constantly changing. I want to show you today, in the short time that we have, the power that Judaism really has in terms of what it wants you to do in order to be healthy. And I'll even tell you the language of Maimonides. Listen to this. Whoever conducts himself in the ways which we have drawn up, This is at the end of his chapter. He writes one chapter in Jewish law all about health. And he says at the end of it like this. Whoever conducts himself in the ways which we have drawn up, which I'm going to show you, all the plans that he gives, I will guarantee that he will not become ill throughout his life. Until he reaches advanced age and dies, he will not need a doctor. His body will remain intact and healthy throughout his life. And then he says, one may rely on this guarantee unless his body was impaired from birth. So unless there's like other conditions, other sicknesses, then, okay, I understand why this would happen. But in general, if you are accustomed to the things that I'm going to tell you today, Maimonides promises that you will live a long life. How crazy is that? Who can write that in a book? Isn't that amazing? So... The reason, Maimonides wrote many books on health. He was a major doctor in the world at his time and beyond. But what's really amazing is that in Jewish law, he also designated text for health. Now, the text for health that he wrote outside of Jewish law, he wrote many books, but the one that he wrote outside of Jewish law, things have changed. Things are different. You know, what foods you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. Our bodies have changed over time and we've adapted to different environments differently. So Maimonides has definitely um, changed. A lot of what he said would have changed today in terms of what he said back then. But one thing's for sure. In this book, in his book called Yad HaChazaka, which is the repetition of the whole oral law, very simply written, is the whole Torah. And in this book, he writes one chapter on health. And he says, in the end of this chapter, if you follow this way and you stick to it, 
You will be healthy till the end of your life. How cool is that? Would you want to hear what this is? Right? Wouldn't you want to know what this is? It's amazing. So before I get into that, I want to tell you a bit about who Maimonides was, okay? So Maimonides, he lived in, he was born in the year 1135, lived to 1204. In 10 years after he was born, he was expelled from the country he was born in, which was Cordoba. And the reason all Jews were either forced to convert under Islamic rule or be expelled from, the, from that area. And he went to southern Spain. And eventually from there he went to Morocco. And in that time, in that period of time, he wrote the commentary on the entire oral Torah, the Mishnah. So an immense ability to write a commentary on the whole Torah. And then in 1168, he had to move again to escape from there and run. His aim was to live in Israel, but he didn't last in Israel for too long and eventually had to escape to Egypt. And he lived in Egypt for the rest of his life. In 1169, only then his brother dies. Maimonides' brother dies and he starts practicing medicine officially as a doctor. Before that, he was supported by his brother, who was a major businessman, that allowed him to write a lot of his work on philosophy, Guide to the Perplexed, and all his books on so much math, mathematician. He was a mathematician, philosophy, the wisdom of Judaism, the Torah. He wrote everything, and his brother supported him. But once, whilst his brother was traveling, uh, he died on the ship, never returned. And for a whole year, Maimonides actually writes about himself that he was depressed, he almost gave up everything, and you see that he was just a normal human being. But uh, as soon as that happened, he had to support himself, and he started practicing me- medicine, and eventually came the doctor of the leader of the country's leader uh, of the Ottoman, the leader of the Ottoman pa- Empire that lived in Egypt, and he was in Cairo, and he was his personal physician to be the personal physician of the greatest leader of that time, um, is a, an achievement. And it's known that Richard the Lionheart, who was the king of England at the time, invited Maimonides to come be his personal physician. So we're talking about somebody who was an expert in Torah, in, math, in, in mathematics, in philosophy, in all areas of life. It's beyond, when you read his text and how he simplifies things, it's beyond us. So in this small chapter of like 24 sections, he goes through what you need in order to be healthy. And we explained last week that in order to be healthy in the mind, today we're going to be speaking about being healthy physically. But last week we spoke about how in order to be healthy in the mind is that you have to always make sure you have a purpose for what you're doing. I don't just work to make money. I don't work... Uh, I don't work out in the gym just to have a good six-pack. I need a good purpose behind why I'm doing. And according to Judaism, the purpose should always be so that I could be a better servant of God. And when you do that, you never go extreme. When it says, We have a commandment to always know God, always go in the way of Hashem. And that would always make you have an even balance. So if somebody's working and they're working solely to make more money, then they're not going to have balance in terms of their work. They're going to be overly worked, maybe overly um, uh, keeping money to themselves, 
but they would follow their own based personalities and never really try and work and overcome their desires and personalities. When a person always questions, what am I doing, right? What am I doing this for? No, I'm not just working out and I believe it. If I work out every day for hours on end just to look good, eventually it will make me depressed because there's no deep meaning behind it. I need to work out and I need to be healthy. But you know what? If it didn't work out for me today, I'll work out again tomorrow. It doesn't matter. If I missed out today, I'm not going to kill myself over it because at the end of the day, my goal isn't just to have a six pack or it's not just to have a healthy looking body. It's actually to be in the way of Hashem, which means that my goal is that I can be a more spiritual person. I could be a better person. If I'm healthy, I'll be a better father. If I'm healthy, I'll be a better servant of Hashem. I'll be able to do more mitzvot because if I'm sick in bed, I can't do much. That should be the reason of your health. Okay, there's many people that look healthy, but they don't eat healthy. Why? Because their main focus is as long as I look good. Yeah, but you're eating junk, tiny bit of uh, junk every day, you know, bit of protein powder, and that's it. You've got to eat healthy. Yeah, but health doesn't matter if I'm looking good, right? The, the, the focus is wrong. We need to be in the middle path in all our ways. How do you do that? By putting God in the picture, giving yourself a reason for why you're doing it. So that's what Maimonides says in terms of health. And we're going to see today that there are three areas that a person needs to work on to be healthy. So that he could be a better servant of God. Not just healthy so you look good. Not just healthy, healthy so you have a six pack. Because if it, if it doesn't go your way, you're going to get depressed. If you're not going to be perfect shaped, you're going to get depressed. You're going to feel like a failure. And Judaism says that's not the goal. The goal is that I'm healthy so that I can be a better servant of God. So if you're eating, uh, that is an area that we're going to be speaking about which can help a person be healthy. Right? For instance... Eating in the correct order. What should you eat first? If you've got food in front of you, should you have fruit or meat? And these make a big difference to your health. What do you eat first? Right? Obviously not overeating. Bowel movement. Meaning not keeping food in your body or overworking the body when it has food that it doesn't necessarily need and it could have been taken out from your body already. We believe that as we want the, the body to absorb the food exactly as necessary and release whatever is not necessary as quickly as possible, not keep it in our bodies. And the third area of health that we're going to talk about today is working out. So there's actually three areas of health, eating, bowel movement, and working out physically, physical workout. These are three areas of health that we are going to be talking about. And the general rule is listen to your body. We're going to hear this a lot tonight, but listen to your body. Adam We know that every single human knows his pain more than anyone else. When you go to a doctor and you have a problem, God forbid, somebody has a problem, they go to the doctor. What's the first thing the doctor asks you? From one to 10, how do you feel? Where exactly is it? He, he, the doctor needs you to tell him where it is that you have the pain. If you don't know where your own pain is, no one can help you. You are your best doctor, nobody else. And we, listen, we believe in that. So if, you're, if let's say somebody says to you that you should eat as many avocados as you wish because it's really healthy for you. That's the thing today, right? Healthy fats. So if your body doesn't feel good when you overdo it 
that then he should know that your body needs to be listened to more than anything. You've got to listen to your body. If there's a certain food that you eat that doesn't feel good, and, and, and they say it's a healthy food, but it doesn't feel good to you, listen to your body. That's your, you are the best doctor for yourself. So that's the general rule of what we're going to be speaking about tonight. And that's why it's something that is universal and it stands the test of time. Even though it's 800 years ago, still applies till today. And we don't think about this enough. Okay. The other general idea is of tonight is that don't overwork the body. He's going to be talking about that. Meaning if you put foods in your body that makes your body work on it, on digesting it for too long, that's not good. Right? So you don't want to overwork the body. And we need to overcome our, tempta- our temptations in terms of not just going for what's sweet for us, because what's sweet isn't always what's good. And the idea, again, is that you should be healthy so that you could serve God. Not that you should be healthy so you should have a six-pack. It's okay. If you have one, then you can be very happy about it. I don't think you should be flaunting it to the public. But you could be happy about it. But the main thing is, what are you working out for? If you're working out just to look good, then that is a problem. Because eventually, what happens if you don't look good? What happens if you start getting 50 and you see that your body isn't the way it used to be, but but that was your goal and now your goal isn't happening? Can you imagine somebody whose goal was literally to look good? What happens when they start getting old? Like, that's it, I failed. But it's not true in Judaism because my goal was never to be healthy so I should stay young. It's I should be healthy so that I can serve God in the best way that I can. I can be the best me and live to my fullest potential. That's why I want to be healthy. That's a much better reason. No one's going to get depressed in that case, right? Because if, and if I missed, if today I, I worked out and I didn't have enough time and, and I, I didn't really work out properly and it didn't go the way I wanted, so what? So what? I have tomorrow. And if I didn't work out this whole week because I didn't, so what? I'd have the next day, right? Because what's my goal? If my goal is to look good, then I'm going to get depressed that I missed a whole week of working out. If my goal is to serve Hashem better, then that's not going to happen. I'm just going to be happy either way because as long as I'm trying to serve God better, I'm doing my best, then I can be happy with my working out and my health. Okay, so these are the three areas that we're going to be working on. Eating. Bowel movement and working out, okay? Eating means not overeating and eating in the correct order. Bowel movement means not keeping the food in my body for too long. And the third is working out with balance in a healthy way, okay? And that is including God and a reason for why I'm doing it. So that's the general topic of tonight, okay? So let's go through number one. This is the statement of Maimonides. Once a person maintains a healthy and sound body, or since maintaining a healthy and sound body is among the ways of God, for one cannot understand or have any knowledge of the Creator if he's ill. Therefore, one must avoid that which harms the body and accustom himself to that which is healthful and helps the body become stronger. I eat so that I can be a more spiritual person. There's actually a mitzvah. You have to look after your bodies. God gave it to you as a gift, and we have to look after it. So this is actually a mitzvah. And he's going to go through how it works. Okay, They are as follows. How can I be a more spiritual person? A person should never eat unless he is hungry. Maimonides says that if you're already full, so your body's working, right? Your body is 
already working to digest that food. When you start adding in new, new foods, it confuses the body and overworks it. Okay? Nor drink unless you are thirsty. Never put off relieving yourself. This is a commandment actually in the Torah of Bar Teshaksu. You shouldn't make yourself dirty. Bar Teshaksu et Nafshotachem means that a person should not make himself dirty from within. Okay, don't make yourself disgusting. And that is in terms of if you need the bathroom, you should not hold it in. You've got to go immediately. That's a mitzvah, a commandment in Jewish law. A person should never hold himself, even for an instant, if, for a second. If I need to go, I need to, I don't hold it. Rather, whenever a person feels like he needs to go, he should do so immediately. And that is so important because if I'm keeping foods that are not, or, or bacteria in my body that's not meant to be there, you can imagine how unhealthy that is going to be for me. So Maimonides is showing me right at the beginning, think ahead. Think ahead. You're, you know, now your body's healthy, but think ahead of time. Okay? Maintain a clean and healthy body. Okay, let's carry on. Look at the language he's going to say. One should not eat until his stomach is full. Meaning, never stuff yourself. Rather, what, how much should you eat till? Three quarters, shlish, right? Uh, three quarters full is perfect. You know, when that feeling where you just didn't, you didn't stuff yourself. Three quarters full, that's perfect. Why? Because then the stomach isn't overworking. Again, we never want to overwork the internal organs of our body. And if, just like any machines, if you overload them, like a washing machine, and you overload it, it breaks easier. If you have a um, chala machine, what's it called, a a mixer, and you overload it, you'll break it. So too with a person's stomach, one should limit what they, never overload your body. He actually says somewhere else that if you, it's, you'd rather eat small amounts of unhealthy food than high amounts of healthy food, which stuff your stomach to a point where it can't even take in another space of anything right air right you never overfill your stomach so um one should only drink a small amount of water during the meal and mix that with wine the maimonides is very strong with the idea of when you're eating eat and don't mix it with water can anyone imagine or tell me why what does that do to the body does anyone know meaning Yes, you should drink a little bit if it's necessary so that the food should go down, but never gulp a lot of water whilst you're eating. Can anyone know why or imagine why? Sorry, because then you fill yourself with water instead of food. Right, so you don't want to fill yourself with water instead of food because now's the time to eat and you need to bring yourself to nutrition. But here's here's, uh, something which I I think is true and it's disgusting. You know, it's believed a lot in, in scientific theory today as well, in terms of the, the body, um, that when you eat, when you drink a lot, so your body's filled with water, it can't break down the foods as well. Your body needs to, you know, take the, the enzymes and destroy all that food and break it down. But when it's diluted with water, it's much harder for the stomach and the process of the body to actually get to the food and break it down. Like you're saying, you need that nutrition to get into your body. And if you just got fluids, then that nutrition is not actually going to get through and break down into the body. So again, don't strain the body is such a factor in Maimonides' teaching. When the food begins to be digested, then you may drink, but not before that. Okay? Um, 
he also uh, he also explains that before you eat, you should go to the bathroom as well. Again, make sure that you be before you eat so that your body isn't filled and overworking in terms of what's inside of it. A clean body so that everything can be reprocessed again in a clean way. Just like you would have a machine. If the machine's dirty and you want to use it again for a new... You, you've got to get the dirt out first before you put in a new new product in, right? The washing machine or whatever it is. If it's got dirty stuff in there, why would you add, you know, a new batch when that stuff is clean and you're going to add a... Let's say you have a clean batch, take the clean batch out, then put the dirty batch in, right? So that's what Maimonides is very logical, but clear terms of ways that you can look after your body and guarantee that you're not overusing those organs in a way which is dangerous. Let's continue. Um, oh, he's very strong in this. And um, he, he says at the bottom here, one should not eat until he's taken a stroll, which is sufficient to raise his body temperature. Meaning a person should work out when, before or after they eat. We kind of, a lot of us know that it's like obvious logic, right? But what's he saying? For sure, before you work out, that's when you should, you should work out before you eat. And he says again, alternative, alternatively, he should work or exert himself in some other way. It, the rule is, I wrote this, it, my understanding is, give your body a reason to eat. That's what he's saying. Give it a reason to eat. You can't be somebody that hasn't worked and then suddenly eat. It's just adding onto a body that doesn't, you know, it can't digest the food. It needs something to eat from it. And when the muscles have been worked out and, and all the body has been worked out in terms of what you've done, you've moved around, there's been a lot of movement. Then when you actually eat the food, that food is going to go somewhere. It's going to be digested well and it's going to be used well. The rule is that he should engage his body and exert himself in a sweat-producing task each morning. Afterwards, you should rest slightly until he begins composure. And then he should eat. It doesn't mean sleeping, by the way. Don't go back to sleep. Maimonides is against sleeping during the day. But only after a person has worked out a bit, and I don't think he means like going on a major 10-mile jog. I'm taking a stroll down the road is also a way of heating up your body, right? If, if you were to bathe in hot water after exerting himself, it would be beneficial. Afterwards, he should wait a short while and then eat. So he's saying shower before you eat also is good. Okay, but you have to also understand that in the times of my mother, these people wouldn't bathe at least, at least once a week, maybe, you know, that's, that's it. So uh, the next thing is don't move too much after eating. So if you've eaten a lot, don't move a lot after. Why? Because your body's already exerting pressure, your heart and your entire body is, is breaking down food inside of it. There's a lot of work going on in your, in your body as is. So when somebody works out, that's more exerted pressure on the organs of the body. And you don't want to do that. Okay, so one should always eat uh, while seated or reclining on his left side. And the right side isn't good because then you're putting pressure on the heart. Um, meaning your, your heart's on the left, but the, 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 um, the stomach is on the right-hand side of it. Um, he should... So wait a second. So if you recline and he left, maybe, I don't know. I don't know the reason. Oh, I know the reason. On Passover, we, we recline on the left-hand side, not on the right-hand side because of the way that the body um, 
so that you don't swallow it in the breathing pipe, right? So the food doesn't go in the wrong direction. Okay, but they used to lean when they ate. They used to recline when they ate. A person shouldn't walk, walk around, ride, exert himself, subject his body to startling influence, meaning physical pressure, until the food has been digested. Right? When you actually feel like, okay, I could eat more again, that's the time that you could be working out. But if you've got food which is full in your body and now you're, right? There's a reason why we get stitches after we work out when we just, after we've eaten. The body doesn't want us to work out when we've just eaten. Anyone who takes a stroll or exerts himself after eating brings serious and harmful illness upon himself. How crazy is that? Okay, let's continue. You guys enjoying this? It's interesting. Okay. So now we're going to talk about the perfect amount of sleep. Actually, that wasn't the three things I mentioned at the beginning. We said bowel movement, uh, eating, and, and, and working out. There's another factor that he talks about here, which is sleep. Okay, so that should have been another thing that I would have, I'm going to add that next time. But sleep is also very important. Together, day and night, make up a period of 24 hours. It is sufficient for a man. He means mankind. In Hebrew, Adam means man and woman. Okay, whenever I say man, it's just badly translated. It means man and woman. So it's sufficient for a man to sleep a third of this period, i.e. max eight hours. So a third of the 24 hours you have should be su uh, sufficient to sleep, which is today actually, a, that's a scientific study. Eight hours, between six and eight hours is the perfect amount of sleep. Maimonides says between six and eight. Exactly the language of today. These should be towards the end of the night, right? So that there be eight hours from the beginning of his sleep until sunrise. Thus, he should rise from his bed before sunrise. In, in Jewish law, it's called to wake up the morning. It's called, it's like when you wake up the morning, meaning you get up before the morning gets up. That's the ultimate way to be healthy. Please God by me very soon. Because I would, uh, I would love to be able to do that more often, but I don't. So, um, but Maimonides says that when the sun is out, that's the time that you should be out. When the day is out, that's the time that you should be, meaning awake, right? But when there's sleep, that's the time of darkness. It's ideal that we're awake during the time that the sun is around, okay? One should not sleep face down. It's interesting that he bought this as Jewish law meaning in terms of health. Why is this in terms of health? But I believe that it does affect the person's health when a person has a good day, wakes up on, on, in, early in the morning and has a productive sleep and a productive day ahead of them. Okay, let's go to the next thing. Digestion during sleep. Now, this is very interesting. One should not sleep face down on his back. But on his side, on his left side, at the beginning of the night, and on the right side towards the end of the night. You see the detail of his language. It's unbelievable. Face down is probably bad for the stomach. And um, on the back has other reasons that we won't get into right now. But on the left side uh, makes sense because when you start the night, right, the heart is on the left of your stomach. Okay? The heart is on the left, uh, the right of your stomach. Right, your heart's, on, your heart's on the left of your stomach. So when you sleep on... Wait a second. Your, your stomach is on the right, right? Anyone with me? The stomach is on the right. Is that true? I think so. And then, and, and then your heart's on top of that. Or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. But, um, I thought it had to do with your liver, not your heart. 
Or maybe, the, uh, is that what it is? Your liver? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. So maybe, I was thinking maybe the other way, but, but he's saying that on, on, a person should sleep on the left side. I need to find out why that's important. But he should not retire shortly after eating. This is the key. I underline this. Why is it bad to sleep after eating? This is such an important message here. Does anyone know why it's bad to sleep after eating? He even gives time, up to three or four hours. Because and then he says, don't sleep during the day. That's also not ideal. But the, it's very interesting. Don't sleep after eating. Can anyone imagine what strain that does to the body? Why does that hurt the body? It stops the body from digesting. Yes. The body needs to digest that food and work on it. When, have you, has anyone here been in a situation where you wake up and you're like, did I even sleep? I'm still so tired. I'm so tired after my sleep. Does anyone, has anyone had that before? You sleep and then you wake up and you're still tired. Do you know why? This is what Maimonides is saying. Because when you went to sleep, you went to sleep after eating. And if you go to sleep after eating, what does your body do? It works on, it's working in your sleep. It's working hard in your sleep. The sugars and it's breaking down all the food. So when you wake up, you still feel like I didn't even rest that much because your body was working during sleep. You, when you need to rest, you need to rest. And you need to rest all the organs. That's a real sleep. So actually take note to this. I've noticed this within myself. If I eat the night before, just before I go to sleep, the next morning I don't feel as awake. I still feel tired. And that's because during the night, my body was working. You have to understand, for the body to break down foods that are filled with bacteria, every food is filled with bacteria, it filled with bacterias, take them out, break them down into perfect uh, uh, things that it needs, exactly, you know, the blood, the sugars, the fats, it puts everything in its perfect, it's crazy work. The body does amazing things. And that's all happening whilst we're asleep. So... It's ideal that you wait three or four hours. Why three or four hours? Because that's the time it needs to really digest the food well. So by the time you actually get to bed, your body's having a good sleep. And how many people um, today believe that in, in terms of health, right? By the way, feel free to ch you know, chirp in, ch chime in, share with us your ideas of what you know from you know, science or health which fits into the language of what he's saying. But how many people today know that if you eat at night, you put on weight much more, right? Isn't that true? I felt it in myself. There was times when I didn't binge at night, which is the hardest time not to eat. I, my biggest problem is night eating. The morning, I won't even touch a cookie. By the night, I'm telling you, I'm pounding on them. It's amazing. So um, a person should wait three or four hours before they actually go to sleep. That's the ideal. So that way, the organs of the body are getting a real rest as well. Okay? But anyone who's got a question, feel free to chime in. So let's go to the next thing. Oh, this is very interesting. He says here, and I just title this, lighter foods first, then heavier foods. We're going to see in the next two sections, lighter foods, then heavier foods. The reason for that is, again, don't strain the body. I think this is also important for bowel movement. Okay, let's read this. Laxative foods such as grapes, figs, mulberries, pears, melons, and certain types of cucumbers and certain types of zucchini should be eaten first before the meal, meaning lighter foods, foods that digest well. 
One should not eat them together with his main meal. Rather, he should wait until they have descended from the upper stomach and then eat in his meal. I don't know why. Not sure. There's many books being written modern with modern doctors inter- and they relate a lot of what Maimonides said and put it into an uh, actual scripture, a, a text, a book that they wrote. I forgot what it's called, but there's actually a book called The Health of Maimonides. Anyway, so... Um, it says foods which are constipating, and they all have a benefit, such as pomegranates and apples and whatever pears, should be eaten immediately after the meal and not in quantity. Okay? Because after the meal, if you've had prior to that, right? Not at the beginning of the meal, but if you've had prior to that foods that digest quickly, so then it would help digest the pomegranates and all these other foods. But if you have that first, Right, and then you have foods that digest, uh, you know, that are laxatives, right? If you have figs after you've eaten a heavy meat meal, that's not good. It's like going to be just like this thick, this, your whole stomach's going to keep all that food in and then it's not going to digest it out very quickly. You want to be able to have that your food is digested as quickly as possible. So the best is to have laxative foods first, then heavier foods after, which are more difficult to digest because the the foods that you have first will help those foods digest quicker okay let's go look at this he continues and a person who desires to eat uh, chicken and then meat in one sitting i mean you're having a official shabbat meal right so you want chicken then meat one should eat poultry first eat the chicken first why because it's a lighter meat than regular meat similarly if you desire to eat both eggs and poultry. One should eat the eggs first because that's lighter than meat. If you desire to eat both meat of large cattle, then even within the meats, you should have the one which is more soft and more tender than the heavier type of meat. Why? One should always eat the lighter fare first and the heavier afterwards. Why? So that the body will have a much quicker, easier ability to digest the food uh, from your body. I find this fascinating. Okay, let's carry on. Keeping fluids in the body and adapting to the climate. This is so interesting. Okay, so Maimonides is like, hey, whenever you read on this, you know, these certain diets online that this is really good for you, this diet's good. I got news for you. Depends on what climate you're in. If you're in a very hot climate, your body needs to adapt differently to a very cold climate. Maimonides is very interesting. He says, in the summer, I believe that this is much more effective in the olden days where there was no air conditioning. So you really felt the heat of the summer. Today, we don't fully feel the heat of the summer, right? Imagine being in um, Palm Springs without air conditioning. No one would ever live there. It was a desert, right? That's right. It's called Palm Desert. It used to always be a desert. No one really wants to live there. But now that we have air conditioning, it's doable. Right. So but in in the times of Maimonides, there wasn't air conditioning. And I believe that people really felt the heat of the summer. So Maimonides says in the summer, one should eat unseasoned foods without many spices and use vinegar. In the rainy season, one should eat seasoned foods, use many spices and eat some mustard and shiltit. Okay, these are foods that avoid water in the body. So uh, so in the summer, when a person eats lots of spices, that drains the water from the body, right? There's lots of salt and spicing 
you want to keep the fluids in the body. So here we see how Maimonides says you have to adapt the way that you eat according to the place that you're in and the time of the year that you're in. One should follow these principles in regard to cold climates and hot climates, choosing the food appropriate to each and every one of them. He actually says that in the summer one needs to eat less than in the winter because the winter person needs to constantly fuel his body and heat his body up much more. So therefore the need to eat as much in the winter is, as the summer is different. The winter needs to eat, you need to eat much more than you would in the summer which I found very interesting as well. Okay, so as you can see, the pattern of his language is listen to your body, listen to your body, listen to your body. That's the pattern of the general uh, talk of Maimonides. Here again, bacteria, sodium, and highly preserved foods. So foods that are bad to have, to have in your body. Um, and because they contain heavy amounts of bacteria and sodium, and they are highly preserved. That's why I think uh, foods with a lot of preservatives are unhealthy, because if they're made to last long, they're also made to last long in your body. This is the logic that, after learning Maimonides, I apply to today. They never used to have preserved foods like we have today, and, and there's a good reason, it's a blessing that we have preserved foods, because people can actually survive. It's a blessing, don't get me wrong. But at the end of the day, one should avoid it as much as possible. Preserved foods means, right, any preservatives in your food filled with that means that your body is going to preserve the food also. It's going to stay in your body, not come out as easily. That's not healthy. So let's read what he says. There are foods which are extremely harmful and it's proper that one should never eat them. For example, large fish that are aged and salted. That's how they would preserve their food. They would keep it for many years, but by salting it. That would preserve the food, but then it's not good for you. Okay, cheese which is aged and salted, truffles with, and mushrooms, meat which is aged and salted. Again, this idea of food that's made to last a very long time. If it's got a long shelf life, it's probably not as healthy. Meat which is aged and salted, wine from the press, which means fresh, freshly made wine isn't actually so healthy According to Maimonides, if it's aged, it's better. Cooked food which has been left over until it produces an odor. So any food that's left over that starts to produce an odor, nowadays, because of preservatives, there's foods that just don't go bad. Milk is meant to go bad after two days. You know that. It's, it's actually meant to go bad. It's meant to spoil. Uh, to, nowadays, we're like, yes, it's spoiled. You know, that means that this food is actually healthy for me to eat. So um, any food with a bad smell or a very bitter taste are like poison to the body. The body's telling you. By the way, the reason that we understand that the nose is created in the way that it does, it's like this crazy chimney above the mouth. So that just before I eat something, I can actually smell it. You know, just before you're about to have the spoiled milk, oh, right, there's a, literally a chimney coming out of my face. Why is my nose like this? And the reason is because, not the spot on my nose, there's something else. Yeah, but the reason is that the chimney comes out so I can actually smell the food that goes in my mouth. It's, it's amazing. It's a gift. The whole pattern, the, the way that the body's figured is perfect for us to digest and recognize foods that's good for us and that's not. If, if it's got a bad odor, it means that I'm rejecting it. I feel sick. Why do I feel sick when I feel? Because my body is meant to reject it. My body's talking to me. Listen to it. 
And that's what he's saying. These are like poison to the body. The Gemara says, the Talmud says in different, different times, it talks about being healthy. And it says, but it's a waste. We have a commandment not to waste food. Bar tashchit. You shouldn't waste food. Then the Gemara says, the Talmud says, no, no, no. Wasting your body is also a waste. And that's more important. More important, you throw food in the garbage and not eat it than throw your own body in the garbage. Okay, so if you ever have food that's off and you say, oh, what a waste, throw it in the garbage. You'd rather put it in the garbage than in your body. Let the garbage eat it and not your body eat it. There are other foods which are harmful, but they're harmful, right? That's called bad tashkit de gufadi, what I just said. The, the destroying of your body is more important than destroying food, meaning we care about your body much more than we care about destroying food, throw it away. There are other foods which are harmful, but their harmfulness is less, okay? Much less than what we mentioned here. Therefore, a person ought to eat them only once in a while after intervals of many days, not eat them regularly as his main fare or constantly as a side dish with his food. There are some foods he's going to say which you shouldn't eat constantly. Yes, Sarit. What's wrong with mushrooms? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of fungus and it is a fungus. But uh, I, I think that they have to be limited. That's what we are definitely... He's actually calling it extremely... Yeah, he's calling it, yeah, he's considering surprising. it as one of the heavily harmful things. It is a kind of fungus, so that definitely needs to be thought about. Yeah, can I add something, actually? Yes. When it comes to mushrooms, I can hear you. Um, when it comes to mushrooms, I know that when I went on this specific diet, you know, no gluten, no different things. I mean, one of the things that was also no mushrooms. So I guess it's a thing. I don't know why. And again, I think they mentioned it's something to do with... Um, it is a type of fungus, really. So bringing it into the body, it does work somehow in, in a way, not in the best way for our body. Can't explain it. I'm not fully knowledgeable. I just know that it was something that was noted to me when I went on a specific diet uh, not to eat it. So, yeah, I just wanted to Isn't add amazing? in. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if, if anyone has like an actual study or something that you know, uh, that you can add to anything that I'm saying, please share. So, uh, and here's the things that are not always so healthy, okay? So that's what he's saying, that you should avoid too often. And they are large fish. And that makes sense because of um, the, what is it, magnesium that's in them? Or something like that, right? It's not healthy. I think to mercury? Have. mercury? Mercury, mercury. Right? Cheese yeah. and milk, which has been left over for more than 24 hours after the milking. No one does that nowadays, right? Because his ultimate place is look after your body, right? And you want it as clean as possible. Uh, the meat of large oxen or he goats, horse beans, lentils, chickpeas, barley, bread, matzot, cabbage, leeks, onions, garlic, mustard, and radishes. He hit, bread is something that even back by Maimonides, he was saying it shouldn't be eaten too often. All of these are harmful foods. It is fitting that one should eat them very sparingly and only in the, rais in the rainy season, abstaining entirely in the summer. I guess because all of these foods are heavier foods that can keep you, give you more energy in, this, in the winter. Of these, horse beans and lentils alone should not be eaten either in the summer or the winter, meaning those should really be avoided. And squash may be eaten in the summer season. That's very interesting to me. 
because today squash is really popular. So I don't know about that, but um, if you have any ideas about that, I don't know. But here we see clearly that uh, milk and, and cheese in general, we today have a lot of preservatives in milk and cheese. That's why they say that people should really try and avoid it as much as they can. Because really, ideally, cheese and milk should be very fresh. And if, if it's still okay and not spoiled, um, it's because they use certain preservatives in it. I guess today also the way Wait, that can we I package... Yes. So for dairy, I actually just learned this, which is why I'm so interested in it. And I want your opinion. Dairy is pasteurized and that's just a heat process. So if it's just a heat process, wouldn't that mean that it's the safest way to, uh, you know, like disinfect or antiseps anything that we would be eating? Any cheese products, it would last more than two days in such a safe way. Right. So maybe that's that's a case. Maybe Maimonides is talking when it's not pasteurized. I believe I believe so. Because that's a natural way of removing the bacteria that um, cling mm -hmm. onto the milk. And that's why within 24 hours it's not good. But if you're able to remove and, and, and pasteurize it, then it should be okay. It seems like that would be okay. I don't think that's what he's uh, directly talking about. You know, that's why things have changed over time. Now we're able to pasteurize. We're able to package foods in ways that are different than the way that they did. They, their foods was left in the open and immediately got attacked with bacteria. You, you, you know, you open an avocado today and it goes black immediately. So when you buy an avocado salad, that doesn't go black immediately. And that's worrying, you know. Um, and that's because there's a lot of uh, stuff yeah. that's been added. So... Um, but sometimes it's well packaged. Sorry. What? Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying like sometimes things are well packaged, but also that's okay. But as soon as you open the package, how long does it last for after that? You know, does it, does it go spoiled? To me, getting spoiled is an indicator that it's a good food to use. It's a good food to eat when it's not spoiled. I like right. seeing food that gets spoiled. So there's also the concept of, you know, dairy being bad for people. Like so many people refrain from eating dairy and, you know, their hair gets better, their skin gets better and all this stuff. So what if it's not the pasteurization and it's not even the fact that it can go bad so quickly, but something about it, mm -hmm. the fact that it comes from maybe a different animal. Do we have any concepts against that? Like we're humans. Why are we feeding our children another mammal's milk? Um, I don't know. I don't know a sufficient, a good answer to that. All I know is that humans are different than animals. Um, you know, it's different by us and we won't eat from other animals. I mean, animals eat from their own mother's milk, but you know, we, we, we don't do that once we hit, it says in the Talmud that a child that's above a certain age, uh, and still feeds from his mother is, um, is in the direction of teflut, foolishness, it can actually bring the child to be very, um, uh, a lack of wisdom in the child later on in life. That's what I understand from the language of the Talmud. So, Do you know off the top of your head yeah. what age that is? That's so interesting. Yeah. I think it's up to, I think it's up to three. Mm. Oh, well, yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but that's like, beyond that is like very harmful for the person's brain. 
So that's a very interesting, I don't know why, but that's what it says. So uh, we, we work differently. We also dress ourselves in clothing. You know, animals don't do that. We, there are differences between humans and animals. Um, and yeah, sub, the scientists and evolutionists will uh, stick to the claim that it's because we, we changed over time and we weren't like that originally. Whatever it is, it is what it is. Yeah, it doesn't change, it doesn't change my, rea- my connection to God, that's for sure. Yeah, what, what were yeah. you saying? It's just interesting because even though we separate ourselves and we do so much to elevate ourselves, we still, you know, rely on the day. I'm just, I'm really stuck on this dairy concept because it's so interesting. I think it can go in so many different directions. Yeah. I mean, it's it also, yeah, we have to understand like that was when there's no refrigerators and there's no storage and there's no nothing, you you have a source of, of, Nutrition was very limited back then. When you wanted to eat meat, you had to... With that concept, the salt would be a positive because it would act as a preservative when we didn't have refrigeration. Right. But he's saying that anything that's overly salted is also bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's true that we would preserve foods back then. And that's... But he's pointing out how that's not healthy. Preserved foods are not healthy. And it's true. Too much salt in the body is unhealthy. Okay. Um, too much, uh, you know, milk, milk. I'm, I'm just pointing out, like, think about how the world used to be, like, in his time. You, you, even 100 years ago, you wanted meat. You had to take it home and slaughter it. Yeah. Because how would you have fresh meat? There's no fridge. There's no, there's no way of keeping There's no freezers. So you had to actually yeah. take the, in the market, you would buy live chickens. That's how you'd eat chicken. Yeah. So everyone owned, everyone was a farmer. Everyone had cows. And, you know, at certain times of the year, there was no grain. At the end of the winter, there was no grain. There's nothing. So you had to rely on the nutrition you got from animals. That was a source to... But who says that? Based on what my mom is saying, cheese and milk is not ideal, in the first, especially in the first 24 hours after the 24 hours of, of having it. So who says we... And nowadays, with all the preservatives that we have in milk, in order to make it last, because it's not worth it for the manufacturers... If they didn't put preservatives in it, they'd lose billions of dollars. So uh, it's not, what he's saying is it's not ideal. Food, even in their times when they were desperate for you know, preserved food was something, a must, he's saying that it's not ideal. Even in their times, you know, two sal- foods that have been overly salted and preserved was not good for you. Okay, let's continue a little bit. Which we also have so much spiritual value on. And then, you know, like the beans and the lentils, all of that doesn't require preservatives. So there's something, I'm missing something. What do you mean? We put spiritual value on what? Wine. He says wine should be aged, not... uh, He's going to talk about how wine is actually good for you. But uh, uh, in a limit, the Talmud brings nine things that are good for you in a small amount and bad for you in a big amount. And one of them is wine. It's very good, according to the Torah, it's good for the heart. If you look at a, a, um, a group of grapes, how would you say group of grapes? Um, it's got a special name to it, right? A, a, well, in a, in a vine, you, right, the grapes come in bundles. Have you ever looked at those bundles? They look like a heart. Those bundles actually look like a heart, and that's because it's made to, it's healthy for the heart. Wine is healthy for the heart, according to Judaism. 
And if, if we have too much of it, it's very bad for me. There's certain things that too much of is bad for you, a little bit is good for you. One of them is wine. Um, but we definitely put an emphasis, never an emphasis on over-drinking. By the way, wine was very easy to get hold of. Almost as easy as water. Because water had to be drawn out. Wine was always kept. And the longer you had it, the, more, the better it was. So it was something that everyone wanted to keep. Wine was very available in the olden days. And that's another discussion. But here we have, there are foods which are harmful, but less so than these. They are water flour, young pigeons, dates, bread, roasted in oil, or kneaded in oil, flour which has been sifted so well that no bran is left, meaning very white flour, which is what we have. Fish brine and pickled fish oil, not to be eaten in quantity. These are things that should be eaten in little amount because they take more time for you to digest them. He says, oh, this is very interesting. A man who is wise, a man or a woman, overcomes their desires, is not drawn by their appetites and eats nothing of the aforementioned unless they need it for medical reasons is indeed heroic. He's pointing out, I like this because he's saying, look, it's not that easy to be healthy, but know that it's heroic. You're a gibol in, in Hebrew, which means you're strong. Because strength, according to Judaism, is when you overcome your desires. Not, he talks about this. I'm not just going to taste anything that's, that is sweet. I'm not going to eat. To be able to overcome, that's heroic. I've actually seen that people that are, are able to overcome their diet very well are also people that are, over, are able to overcome many other things. I felt it in myself. I remember there were times when I was just eating recklessly and I felt that it, it affected me in other areas of life as well in terms of being able to overcome certain things. And once I'm over, when I'm able to overcome my eating habits, which is not to just eat anything that's sweet, I'm actually able to feel better within myself uh, in other areas and overcome, because I'm training myself to overcome my desires in other areas as well. Very interesting. Um, he talks about fruits, not overeating fruits. He says that that's not good. I think the reason today is because it's too, it's, too, uh, it's too sweet. And he says, especially when they're overly ripe, uh, when they're not ripe. That's, he says that's like swords to the body. You see that? Carobs too are also very harmful. But uh, fruits that are not sufficiently ripe are like swords to the body. Again, listen to your body. By the way, when a fruit is ready for you to eat, you see it, you could smell it, you could taste it. Everything about it is telling you it's ready to eat. An orange that's, that's ripe, the color is right. The feel is right. The texture is right. Everything about it is perfect. Then you know that you can eat it. It's amazing how Hashem created. Before it's ready, it's green. Not good for you. You feel like it's, it doesn't feel good. It knows all your senses, fruits. It's amazing. Pickled fruits are harmful. So those fruits that you get in tins, again, because they are preserved and um, should only be eaten in hot climates. So you're good in Los Angeles. But in general, you know, he says that we should avoid that. He says figs, grapes, and almonds are always beneficial, both fresh and dry. One may eat of them as much as he requires. Okay, this is something that you could study yourself. It's irrelevant. I wanted to really touch on the points that I said. This is very interesting. I'm going to show you the CDC, what he says. But honey and wine are harmful to the young and good for the old. Right? The tea and the honey for the British old people. 
Perfect. But for the young people, very bad. And that's actually dangerous. You know that? It's dangerous for kids to have honey. Anyone knew that? You knew that? A child before a certain age that has honey is dangerous for them. Really dangerous. Certainly this applies in the rainy reason, uh, rainy season. In summer, one should eat two-thirds of what he eats in the winter. Here's where we were talking about before, where one should eat two, less in the summer than the winter. But look what CDC says about eating honey for kids. Okay, the Centers for Disease Control. We all know who the CDC is now. Honey is bad for babies because it can grow something called botulinum uh, uh, spores, right? Which can secrete a toxin and produce a transient paralysis in young infants. The CDC and Prevention reports that botulism is a rare but serious foodborne disease. How interesting is that? And Maimonides already back then was saying that honey is something that should be avoided for uh, children and should be uh, eaten by others. Very, very interesting. We said there's three areas one should be healthier. Uh, eating, uh, bowel movement and exercise. We're going to go through here another point of making sure that your body can digest the food that you eat well. And that is one should always make sure that your bowel movement is loose. Okay, I'm not getting into this too, de too detailed, but uh, this is what he says. You should make sure your bowel movement is loose. Uh, this is a principle in medicine. If someone suffers from constipation or has difficulty moving his bowels, serious diseases will beset him, which means you've got to make sure that you're eating in a different manner. Listen to your body. That's his key message. Oh, your body is having a difficult going to the bathroom. Listen to your body. You should know that probably the reason why this is happening is because you're eating something or eating in a way that's not good. Maybe you're having heavier foods before you have lighter foods, like we said before. Maybe you're sleeping immediately after you eat, which we said before is very bad for the body. There's a list of things that we said that a person needs to do in order to make sure that when they actually go to the bathroom, that their, their, their bowel movement is loose. Very important. Okay. Let's continue. Um, how can one induce loose movements if they have mild constipation? If he's a young person, one should eat well-cooked halimi, which have been seasoned in olive oil, picked, pickled fish oil, and salt without bread daily, or drink the boiled water of cooked spinach or cabbage with olive oil, picked, pickled fish oil, and salt. I'll leave it to you to do your own research, how you can have looser bowel movement, but that's a very important thing that a person should look for. Make sure, because if, you, if it's not, then that means your food is not being digested properly in your body, and you need to look at that, because that's a sign that you're not being healthy. Now, this is the most interesting, okay? I see that Becca joins, it's perfect timing, but this is the most interesting. He says... Three things, I'm saying this because you're like num almost number one on the list of um, the walk to Israel. You're doing a lot of mileage. So he says here, they've given another principle. We said there's three things that a person needs to make sure that he's healthy in the way they eat, they're healthy in the way they exercise, and healthy in their bowel movement. Those are the three areas we said. There's also kind of important to make sure you sleep between six and eight hours, no longer than six to eight hours. They have given another principle with regard to physical well-being. As long as somebody exercises, exerts himself greatly, and does not eat to the point of satiation, which means does not 
stuff his stomach bloatedly full. That's very bad for you. Because then it's like, it's like overload, overloading the machine. Any machine that you overload, it overworks it over the years. Okay, so you want to make sure that you never fully eat till the point that you can't eat a thing more. You have to have two-thirds full, we said. And you make sure you have loose bowels, which means that you eat very well-digested foods. A person like that will never suffer sickness and will grow in strength. He means till great age. This applies even if he eats harmful foods. Even if you've eaten something which is not good for you, if you make sure you have good bowel movement, if you make sure that you're working out, and you make sure um, that uh, you, you don't overstuff yourself, you can, make, you can actually be healthy. Very interesting. So uh, there's so much more. He has till 27, right? Now we're on 15, section 15. 27 sections on this, and it's really interesting. Listen to this. Conversely, whoever is idle, this is in terms of health, and does not exercise or does not move his bowels when he has the need, meaning go to the bathroom when you need to and keeps it in, even if he eats the good foods and takes care to follow the rules of medicine, will be in pain all of his days and his strength will fade away. Why? Because you're overusing your organs. Can't overuse the organs. And the way to do that is to work out so the body actually digests the food well. Right? The way to do that is to not overly eat. Overeating is like poison to somebody's body. It is the main source of all illness. You hear that? The main source to sickness is overeating. Most illnesses which afflict a human are caused by harmful foods or by filling up your stomach and overeating even of healthy foods. Because your organ, stomach organ is overly working. So I don't care what it is, even if it's healthy, you can, if you're having too much, um, I don't know, give me a food that people eat a lot because of too much avocado and you stuff your stomach with it, it's going to be unhealthy for you because now your machine, that amazing machine which doesn't stop working called your stomach, is working over time. Okay, we're going to leave it for here. Maybe next week we'll continue some more on health. But um, the general principle here is if you want to have a long life outside of general illnesses, if you want to make sure that you live long, and Maimonides guarantees it, it's being strong in these areas and listening to your body. You are your own greatest doctor. And that is really his message in general. So we are currently in section 15. And we'll continue next week on uh, the health of Maimonides and how we can be healthy. We said again, the main reason why you're healthy is not so that I look perfect. It's not that I have a six pack. It's not that I look, um, you know, like a, like a beauty, uh, something, I don't know, young person forever. It's so that I'm healthy so that I can serve Hashem better. I'm healthy so I can be a better father. I'm healthy that I can be a better mother. I'm healthy so I can do more mitzvot. I'm healthy so I... If that's your goal, you will not get depressed. You will not get depressed if you don't have the perfect shape. The demand that we have within ourselves to be perfect is because our goal of health is wrong. Our goal of, of, our goal of health is have a perfect looking body. Otherwise, you're worthless. So when I don't have a perfect looking body, I get depressed. No, Judaism doesn't say that. Stay healthy Keep eating right. It doesn't matter how you look on the outside. It matters how you look on the inside. Are you looking after your organs? That's what matters. 
And that includes, if you need the bathroom, you go, don't wait. Don't make your body disgusting. This is a beautiful being called uh, a human that's created by God and we have to look after it.